Welcome, community group leaders. My name is Jeremy Wynn. I am the host of the Deeper Podcast. Ah, uh, you're not Jeremy Wynn. <laughs> I'm not you're Jeremy Cody Wynn. Leakin. Jeremy has an awesome opportunity to be going out into the schools this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what school he's at, but he gets to be principal for a day and get to experience what many educators are going through. He gets to see what the kids are doing, and it's really awesome. Looking forward to hearing about that when he returns. But I'm Cody Leakin, and I'm joined here with Joe Hishma. Hey, everyone. It's really great to be back with you this weekend. Awesome. As we go about this, I want to let you leaders know that this is going to be the last podcast of the year. Now, don't fear. We're going to be back again in the spring with the podcast. And while there's not this official time and we're in this transitional period, I want to empower you guys to take advantage of it, whether that be going with your community groups and sharing a meal, potluck style, or whether you just bring it all. or Yeah, or even be. doing a um, service project or a game night. I know my, night. My, my community group just loves doing game nights together. So. Yeah. Or even just taking some time off to rest during this busy season. Ultimately, you guys know where your group is at and you know what's going to be best for them. So I'm praying for you and that you would just lean into this time and hear where your group's at. And I'm excited to hear about what you guys decide to do during this time. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you, Cody, for meeting with a lot of small group leaders uh, during this time. You have uh, really gone from zero to 120 in your position here as community group director, and you've really taken the time to get to know people that you're leading. And so you're doing a great job. I'm really thankful you're here. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. So now as we're going to dive into the passage, you're looking at Matthew 26 and 27 today. Yeah. So can you help us bridge the gap from where we were, where Doug left off last week, to where we're at this week? Uh, What do we got going on? Sure. Okay, so uh, Jesus is either making disciples in Matthew or he's preparing the disciples for his departure. This is him preparing his disciples for his departure. Now, this in last week he confronted that was probably the strongest confrontation he had with the Jewish religious leaders and he really uh, the whole woes the woes in the passage means you don't want Jesus to say that to you but now he's going to be confronting not just the rejection of the leaders, but the rejection of the world, and he is going to be confronting death itself. So all the gospel uh, writers take time and spend on the last seven days of the life of Jesus. If you look at from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, they all take a lot of content to really focus on this because they want us to slow down and never forget, always remember the person in the work of Jesus on his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that's what Matthew's taking us on this journey. And so we are going to, you're going to start reading at a point now, um, why don't you share the context of that passage that you're going to read? Yeah, and if you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew 28. What's happening here is Jesus is laid in the tomb three days ago. We're with the Marys. They're going to the tomb, and this angel appears to them. And we're going to be picking up in verse 5 where the angel has something to say to them. So verse 5 reads, But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So, 
We're picking up right there, Joe. Yeah. What is going to be the big takeaway that you want leaders to be able to help guide their groups through this week? Okay, so as you hear this whole story, I want you to go back, um, because after the resurrection, all the disciples said, oh yeah, we get it, we get it now. He told us before, we didn't understand it, now we get it. And so that's what the resurrection does. The resurrection reminds you of that, that this Jesus, who lived and died and rose again, is truly the Christ, the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. He has authority over everything, even death itself. And so live for him and go and make disciples, which is what we're going to be talking about next week in the message. But the resurrection allowed them to, and, and opened their eyes to see the reality of what happened on that cross and what it meant to them. And when you read beyond the gospel writers and you start seeing the Apostle Paul or Peter or James write, you all go back to this Jesus was God in the flesh who paid the price for our sins, and he lived and he died fully and finally for us, and he rose again so that we could have forgiveness, eternal life, and uh, reconciliation back to God. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on, is you hear the story, you remember it, never forget it. Yeah. Now, reason, what, what was the reason? Why did Jesus do this? And then how do you respond to that? And that's, that's basically the summary of my message. Read the story and remember it, and then reason, what, why did he do this, and then ultimately respond. And we all do that. Every day that we live with the gospel in our lives and Christ with us, we live a life in response to him. It's no longer about ourselves. It's no longer about what I'm projecting, the image of myself, or a, pi a picture that I want you to think of me as. It's really a picture of responding to and surrendering to the person in the work of Jesus. Awesome. Thanks for that, Joe. Sure. Now, this next question is really helpful, and I've heard some great feedback from the leaders about how much they value this question, because on your message on the weekend, it's so awesome and it's great, but this section about what else from the time of study is really helpful for leading group discussions. I know even some groups have been showing the whole podcast to their group and they go through it together, yeah. but like, what else did you find in your study this week? A couple weeks ago, Doug had that verse 14 wasn't included, and so yeah. I know they're waiting for that. What do you have that you've got from this week? So um, as, as I look at this, I just spent a lot of time focusing on Matthew's account because in my mind is operating Matthew's account in kind of symphony with Mark and Luke and then John. And so when I tell the story, there's things that my mind is going out into John's account or Luke's account or Mark's account that's not included in, in Matthew, and you try to put that labyrinth together. Yeah. I just tried to stay focused on Matthew's account and move through the passage and, and asking myself the question, what was Matthew trying to say to us? And for Jesus at the end for, for, to say, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, go therefore, Jesus is just showing there's no earthly power greater than who he is. And here he had Rome. Uh, he was right at the, the person who represented Rome, Pontius Pilate. Yep. He was at the person that represented uh, Israel, and that is the high priest. And he had authority and didn't shirk back from that and boldly and confidently declared who he was. Now, both of them were afraid of the crowd and therefore um, hated Jesus and ended up delivering him up to be crucified. Who owns it? Jew and Gentile. We all own it, yep. okay? But but what it comes down to is Jesus now has authority, and he 
he faced death and he defeated it. And I just, I mean, as I look through Matthew's account, I just come back giving God and Christ more authority in my life to call the shots because he has authority over life and death. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's a really good reminder because I know even in this Bible, it's not a study Bible, it gives me the footnote like, hey, see the parallels in these other Gospels. So I think that's an awesome challenge to just keep focusing on what does Matthew have to say right now? That's right. And bringing our focus in on that. That's right. Now, for our questions, Mm -hmm. what is one thing that you've discovered from reading this passage? Okay, so mine, I think I shared it in my message, and it's weird. I don't always preach the same message three times, so I may have or I may not have. But when, when Peter cut off the ear of the servant of the chief priest, and then Jesus restored it, Jesus said, put away that sword. Don't you, don't you know that I could call 12 legions of angels? Okay, that wow. one is, it's just, again, Jesus has authority, not over this world, but of heaven and earth, okay? Yeah. He could have done it. And remember when he was tempted and Satan said, if you're the son of man, command, you know, you're, f- jump from the temple because he will, he will, you know, ha- call up angels to catch you. Yeah. He could do it in a second. He could have done it here at the moment where it was the hardest in his life, yeah. in his earthly life here. And so... Um, I just think about that, and I started doing the math. Okay, a legion is anywhere from 3,000 to 6,000 um, uh, soldiers, and he said 12 of them, so that's a minimum of 36,000 angels. We're in Second Kings, I think it's 22, verse 17, one angel defeated 185,000 Assyrian troops. So that's an incredible amount of power that yeah, he could huge. have had, but he chose instead to exert his power over sin and death for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think the new thing for me in discovering, especially in that part in 28 where we just read the phrase that he is risen, as he said, come see the place where he lay. And for me, it's just that reminder that Jesus did indeed know that that moment was coming. Like he said it, he said he was going to do it. That's what was going to happen. And the come and see just adding to that, like, Hey, this is real. Like this is actually happening. I think that just brought that in a new light to me this week as I'm going through listening to this passage and listen to your run through a little bit yeah. earlier. Yeah. That's good. Now the follow-up question we've got. Okay. What did you need to be reminded of this week? So as a follower of Jesus now for um, coming up on 50 years of following Jesus, this message, this story is probably one of the most common stories I've ever heard. So it's easy to, it's easy to just kind of tune it out because I'm so familiar with it. And that's why I think each time we read it, we need to slow down and consciously make our lives and our hearts and our minds available to new things that the Spirit would call out in us and in the Word. And I think for me, as I, as I looked at it, what did I need to be reminded of? That this is the greatest historical event that I'll never get over. Yeah. Uh, this is, um, as Jesus taught, as he taught the uh, Lord's Supper to his disciples, he talked about, this is what's going to happen in the near future. I'm going to give my body for the forgiveness of sins. And then he said with the cup, I won't drink this cup until I come again. Okay. So he was saying, this is in the near future. This is further along. This is in the greater future. So the cross reminds me there's a present reality to Christ and there's a future fulfillment to Christ. And that's what guides my life. We should have that joy and that expectation of eternity with Christ 
while we also weep and mourn and engage the world around us with hope, not in despair. And so that's what I need to be reminded of. Yeah, and I think it's super timely that those of us who are familiar with the church calendar know that this passage typically comes around that March, April, around the Easter time. That's and right. so seeing it now at this time of year is really leans into what you said earlier about just reading Matthew and hearing what he has to say. I think it's just so timely and a really great reminder. Yeah, and the week of Thanksgiving, right? which, boy, this fuels thanks, thankfulness, right? Yeah. Is the, your relationship with Christ and how you have received the person in the the work of Christ into your life. Uh, if you do it from He owes it to me and um, I'm over it, you it will change how you respond to Him and worship Him or not, yeah. or it will change and it will change how you receive other people that God places in your life that are broken just like you. Yeah. So. Uh, for me, I was reminded of that go quickly phrase, that, that reminder that there's this sense of urgency that we, we have to take and we have to go share and tell the world yeah, about Jesus, really to be good. reminded that it's time to go. Like, we got to go quickly. We got to go now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have anything else for the leaders this week? No, I just am praying for you that you'll have some time um, as you... Thanksgiving is easy to just say what you're thankful for or who you're thankful for, yeah. and uh, to start out your week with a thanks, thankful heart towards Christ. Uh, I hope that will fuel you into Thanksgiving to others around you, too. Awesome. Joe, will you pray for the leaders as they go about this? I'd love to. Father, I want to just thank you for loving us enough to send your son Jesus into this world. And we really see this world that Matthew shares with us as a a world that resists you and rejects you, and nothing's changed. That's the same in our world today. So to be children after your heart, in your family, we're going to have rejection, and there's going to be resistance to the gospel. There's going to be resistance inside of us and outside of us and around us. And so, Lord, break that down in us so that it will fuel our thankfulness and contentment with who you are and what you've done for us. We have enough. We have more than enough through you. And our your mercy overflows into our lives and moves from our lives to others as we share the gospel. Lord, bless these leaders as they lead in their group. I'm so thankful for them, uh, and I'm thankful for their willingness to serve, and I pray that you would continue to use them. Thank you for all the difficulties they've navigated through with truth and with grace. Thank you for your their hearts for their, their, their uh, groups, and I pray that you would bless them and give them wisdom and uh, power and boldness in your name, and that they might share your grace and live your grace to each person in their group. We thank you. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome, Joe. Thank you so much for taking the time yeah, and explaining this again. to us. Leaders, also, we want to remind you that the Bethlehem Experience, the registration is now open. You can go to fbctopeka.com slash events. I'll throw a link in to the bottom of the email for you guys to click on that, but be sure to register so that you can get the time slot that you want. And Yeah, remember to remind your groups to look for people around them, people in their neighborhoods, people in their workplace. If they've got a company, consider bringing um, your employees to it with you because it's really designed to partner with you and help share the good news of Jesus in the world that that he came into and then the life of your tour guide who he came into. So we really are praying for this and we really hope you'll invite a bunch of your friends to be a part of it. 
Yeah, I've heard it's been really coming to life, and everyone's really excited. Those working on it are just yeah, excited they're doing to an share. Incredible job, yeah. incredible job. It, I'm so excited to see what's going to happen. It looks awesome. Yep. And then, leaders, this is the last podcast of the year, but we will be back. Um, I want to remind you, though, or give you a little heads up to mark your calendars. January 8th, it's a Saturday, we're going to be having our spring leader training. I'm really excited about it. Jeremy and I and Brian have started to work through some stuff that we're really excited to share with you and can't wait to be with you guys in that springtime. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the Deeper Podcast. We will see you guys next week. See you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.